And then we're back with another episode of Food in the Hood. That's right. Yep. So, for those who are、uh, our regular listeners, we just checked our all of our previous posts were aggregated into almost two seasons. Yes. <laughs> so there did, seems to be a pattern. <laughs> yeah. So we did seven episodes from October to December of 2018. And then another six episodes from June to August of 2019. It's very seasonal. Yeah, it's very seasonal. So,、yeah. um, well, we're excited we're、like、that we're back. Like a grocery market item, but we're back. Yes, yes.、Mm-hmm. I think that things have settled down a little bit more for both of us.、Um, oh yeah. I've moved back to Columbus. Ben has moved to New York. And yes. Yeah. So I think we might have more regular things coming out now. Yeah, that's exactly what happened since we recorded last time, right?、Uh-huh. I think so. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been more than a month. <laughs> yes, it's been almost two months since we、yeah. published last time. Right. Well, like it wasn't like we didn't talk for the last two months. We're、right. we're actively brainstorming new topics. Oh, all the time. We have、yeah. a few very interesting episodes coming out.、Uh, I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> In case we don't follow up on it, yeah, but I think、right. we, <laughs> but I think we will.、Um, there's a lot of I think trends in food science that we're going to talk about, as well as some, I think some、um, topics that are not traditionally linked to food science, but we think that there's a lot of potential there.、Um, Definitely. So, you know which topic I'm talking about? <laughs> oh yes, yes. There's one that、I、Ben got、do. really excited about because. His idol Roger Pang. <laughs> Shout out to Roger Pang again.、Yeah. Talks about it all the time.、Mm-hmm. So we we think that you know food science itself is already really multidisciplinary. So I think those would make for some really interesting episodes. Yes, definitely. And、um, and another parallel that I was gonna draw was、um, so so the co-host of Roger Pang, she works for Stitch Fix. So you know that subscription、oh. fashion. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's a data scientist there. Really?、Okay. Yes. So she did one episode just recently on how to predict people's preference on clothing and clothes matches.、Mm-hmm. So like now, Stitch Fix is very good at recommending one piece of clothes to users. Yeah.、Um, but now they're trying to do is to see if they can recommend. Say pairs or something that can be paired well together. Right, more like With, a set of outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Individual piece. Uh huh. And that is very, actually, it has a component that's similar to, you know, some of the food research. Um. Right, right. You know, there has flavor, been a lot of flavor interactions. Right on flavor <laughs> pairings and what flavors go well with what flavors. Yeah, I think there's a lot of data there that I, there's been a couple of initiatives in that area. It seems definitely, yeah. yeah. So that was another inspiration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.、Uh-huh. So look forward to those episodes. Yes.、Um, but for today, I think what we wanted to talk about was on presentation skills. Yes.、Um, Everyone has to present, right? So,、mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're a student, if you're actually working, etc. And I think when you work in a technical field, 
um, presentation and communication skills, it's kind of twofold because you have to be able to understand and explain technical things to your coworkers, but also a lot of times you have to be able to present it to someone who doesn't have um, intimate knowledge of what you're working on. So you have to simplify and make it concise and understandable for a more general audience. So I think we're going to cover all of that today. There's a lot of um, meat to talk about. It's a yes. subject. Yes, yes. And especially working in food, food science in general, it's a very, it, it's a it's a scientific discipline that's very close to everybody's life. So you right. definitely interact with two very distinct group of audience. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like my brother works in, he's a computer engineer slash computer scientist. Yeah. And none of our family or extended family ever like really ask about the specific things he does Uh but because i am a food scientist i get all the questions and like i get sent all these weird um whatsapp messages which are like hey i heard about this fake egg from this country like is this real or like is turmeric really good for me or you know things like that i think when you work in food people have a lot of questions for you right (laughs) and those questions can be an opportunity to communicate certain things um so yeah for sure that's really funny yeah so i guess we can start just turn the clock back a little bit and talk about the educational journey and how we have learned or used presentation skills since undergraduate and some of the grad work that we've done that involved, sure. you know, talking to our audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think in undergraduate, it seems like the majority of presenting seems to be in a form of group presentations. So you would do a group work, like food product development class or something. And then you have to make it into a concise presentation at the end that you do with your group mates, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of the work were broken down into pieces, and um, each group member picks up a specific chunk of that talk or that project, and you just go with that. Right, right. Uh-huh. I feel like with group presentations, though, like let's say someone worked on the sensory portion and they presented, and someone worked more on the um, processing part and they presented. But I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of times group presentations can be really fragmented. Like it's yeah. very difficult to find a group that presents coherently. Yeah, especially I think if the group has more than three members talking, yeah, then it'd it kind be of really just... hard. Right, right. Because normally the transition is just one person introducing the other one, um, right? But but I feel like the most helpful thing about a group pre- presentation is the Q and A session because you mm-hmm. get people to help you. Exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that's true. Because someone else will have expertise in some other area, and it's so nice yeah. to not answer everything yourself when you don't fully know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you have you, you at least can like put your eyes on others. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh-huh. the good thing about group work, right? You kind of get everyone's different expertise. But mm-hmm. you mentioned a very interesting thing, which is during group presentations, it seems like the w- one thing that makes it not flow well is the transition. So if someone just says, okay, uh, so that was the processing part, and now I'm going to pass it to Ben. He's going mm-hmm. to talk about sensory, whatever. Yeah. I feel like that is that is pretty much it. 
And I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, it might make more sense to tie it into the general message of whatever you're trying to deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. if the transition was something more like, so this is why, uh, the, so th- these are all the advantages and limitations of XYZ, um, but there are some economic feasibility that we have to consider. And then like, you know, sort of transitioning by talking about the transition in message instead of the transition in, okay, I talked about results and someone is going to talk about um, the conclusion. You know, I feel like that always makes it flow better. Yeah, it's basically another way to engage the audience because, um, say, for example, the beginning of a talk is one person up there, people might be interested and hear hear what what the talk is. But as you pass on to a different person that flow the mm-hmm. overall engagement might be declining and right, right. There, there needs to be something that's it's like a almost like a hook that's like one episode is finishing up and well not like a cliffhanger that much of a not much of exci- excitement generated but something yeah. that can engage the audience and it also depends on how long the talk is I feel you need to spend a fair bit of time to talk about, uh, to set up the transition mm-hmm. if it's a really engaging one. Right, right. That's uh-huh. true. You kind of and, give people a little preview or something that makes yeah, them excited for the next right. person speaking. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Sometimes it's also uh, how you split the talk, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff there. And I think... Um, at the undergrad level, um, people also present scientific posters, which for mm-hmm. me, I don't know about you, but for me, scientific posters are always hard because I don't know how much to talk. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm doing a presentation and it's like a 10 minute presentation and I have my slides in order, I know the exact order of how I'm going to talk. But mm-hmm. for posters, it's sort of, you know, yes, you can start with intro materials and method, etc. But a lot of times it's not a one way communication for posters. A lot of times you have people coming up to you and then they'll stop you in the middle and ask you questions, etc. Or you'll be talking to someone for like mm-hmm. a good five minutes and then someone new suddenly <laughs> joins in and I'm always like, oh, should I start from the beginning? Yeah. Or do I keep going on even though this person didn't get the background they should have gotten? Mm-hmm. And this is only normally for one person. It's like you're, you're you by yourself standing next to the poster right. and people... Uh, walk around in the poster hall might be just spending a few minutes well not sometimes you know 30 seconds or so just to mm-hmm. just to glance over the title right right some people want like a 30 second or a one minute summary they just kind of not want to know what's going on and some people really want to dig into like the technical details of like why did you use this method what trouble did you have with it would yeah. you have used method y instead if it was mm-hmm. available and you know it's uh-huh. so it's it's a it's a lot more um random <laughs> yeah and actually now i'm thinking about it putting myself in the audience shoes when i'm going through posters i'm just seriously just seeing whatever is catching my eyes in the title mm-hmm. and if it's not a nothing stimulates my interest i would just keep going 
Right. And and actually, if you get a good crowd of you uh, of people in front of you, you wouldn't um um for me, I wouldn't stop by and see it. It would just be oh, that's a lot of people. Let's 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 move on to the next ben one. Ben just doesn't like people. <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes you know you don't want to cut off people's conversation. Yeah, no, with, I know what you mean. Uh huh. And but overall, just like you said, people can jump in anytime. Yeah. And um. Which is also a little different from actually a a,、uh, a standard poster presentation, right?、Um, which you have done at、uh, IFT for for the grad student competition. Right, right, right. If you're doing、uh-huh. a competition, usually usually there are strict guidelines like, okay, make it five minutes,、um, blah blah blah. Explain it. Make sure to explain the significance, etc., etc. Usually there's a time limit, and the judges they will come understanding that you have five minutes to tell them something. So、mm-hmm. it's a lot more structured if it's a competition.、Um, but if it's sort of a general poster display thing where people just stand next to it talk about their projects, then I guess yeah, it's 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 a little different then. Yeah, that's very yeah. interesting because the the actual poster hall is pretty chaotic, I'd say. Yeah,、uh-huh. no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, and and that's really con- this conversational part is very interesting. I I like to talk to people because people come in with different purpose. That's true. That's、uh-huh. true. You、the、always get sort of diverse new ways of looking at things that you might not、mm-hmm. have thought of before. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I and, think that kind of brings us to. Sorry, did you have something else to add? Uh oh, one more thing. For in the poster hall, because posters are either very early, like from eight to ten for a conference, or、right. like I don't know some dedicated time for you, but it's in the more or less a less crowded spot, like during the day. Um, it it is either conveniently or inconveniently got located in that poster hall place. Right. So oftentimes. The beginning of the poster session, you're just networking with whoever's sitting, standing next to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so true. Like after you hang up your posters, the first half an hour, sometimes less, sometimes more, sort of just walking around, chatting with people, and being、yeah. like, "Oh, you're from South Dakota State. Cool. Do you know X Y Z? Oh my、yeah. God, really? <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So we do that.、Um, And that is also a special audience because, because、um, these people are a lot of times they kind of present in the same like if you're in food chemistry or food proteins,、mm-hmm. they they present in the same field, so you、yes. have a lot of like common understanding. And sometimes、Definitely. they'll be like, "Oh, do you use infrared? Oh, we <laughs> use ramen," and then you start talking about different things.、So. Yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah, yeah. That that's a very great、um, group of. It's a good to way to network、about. too. Yeah, another thing that we want, we think that is important, is distinguishing your audience,、mm-hmm. yes. and choosing your delivery method accordingly. So I think when we talk about group presentation and scientific posters, it's a lot of it is to people in the same field, right? If you go to a dairy、mm-hmm. conference and you're presenting to dairy people,、um, but what about if you were presenting to Stakeholders in a company. So, if you're on a technical R and D team, and you are presenting this idea or、uh, whatever prototyping work you've done、mm-hmm. to sort of sales and marketing 
um, to project managers who might not have as much knowledge about the details of your work, how do you mold it so that they can understand better? Yeah, so we can talk about maybe the first, the technical group of people and um, mm-hmm. how that how that could um, could shape our talks. To me, I think the um, the the narrower the the audience, so the more so the more um, so the more knowledge they know about your general field, the easier to set up the ground. Right? They probably right. they probably could resonate very well of the the problem that you're defining in your research, mm-hmm. and they can understand what is essentially a. Um, they, they they can you you know they're easy they they're just easier to lead into what your yeah. research is about. Yeah, you don't have to give as much background essentially. Yeah, and for example, like um, say lactose use or something in in you know milk byproduct um, utilization. It's a commonly known problem in the dairy food research world. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so just like that's a good point. You, yeah. Yeah, what do you use? Um, you know. What do you, how do you use the excessive lactose from like making whey protein, right? Mm-hmm. So, so sometimes you don't have to set up the ground like, oh, lactose, like whey used to be a waste and now it's a whey protein and all that blooming. Um, mm-hmm. It's a classic case of using food science to solve real world problem. Like everybody right. knows that in a dairy conference. Yeah. So, so, so you can go in straight to the meat of, okay, here's what I did to leverage a new technology or new method to um, reduce or, or to, to valorize the, um, the lactose fraction or uh-huh, something, uh-huh. right? So, so this is just a very specific example. Yeah. But I feel when you talk to those people, they're more interested in the method. They are. Yes, they're more interested in what exactly you have done to that product um, or to change certain process that can um, make that to to solve that problem, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I think from from a technical person's point of view, when someone is presenting something to me like you know, the background, significance, economic impact, all of that is important, but it's likely that people already know about it. People know mm-hmm. why it's important. So I think methodology and sort of working off of the results, those are things that become sort of the focus of attention in yes. that sense. Yes, but, but I feel like, right, right. And I feel yeah. like it's different with, um, it's different when you're presenting to non-technical people because you you have to spend a lot of time explaining the significance to even convince them why this is important for them to pay attention to in the first place. Yes, and I'll add on top of what um, just a, a bit to talk to the specific audience, the technical audience, is that um, there will be very niche definitions or topics that people's gonna pick you on. Yeah. Um, for example, uh, certain definition of say, what's a fat? Like what 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 is considered as fat in food, and what is mm-hmm. considered so so there are a lot of these detailed um, 
you know, just definitions or people's right, understanding right. of a specific yeah. topic could uh, could diverge, right? right. Uh, and could be different from uh, your background and your uh, your, your your education and sometimes just your academic family tree would yeah. would result in slight differences, and um, it might be helpful to at least establish the assumptions that you did for the um, specific research, and that could so I feel the earlier that you say it, the earlier you clarify your assumptions, the mm-hmm. easier the later talk will be. Right. Clarify at the beginning and define your terms. So you're talking about the same thing. Yes, yes, yes. Because, right. you know, you can't over assume what people know. Because even even if it's the same term, it might not mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Like you would you would expect that in a technical setting, everyone would pretty much be on the same page and have the same dictionary. But I think if yeah. it's a very important term in your research that is very crucial, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt to spend twenty seconds to yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. explain your uh-huh. take on it. And yeah. it was really funny. It wasn't funny, but it was just very interesting observation of mine. It was I heard two? So there were two professors. At the poster hall, I think it was in IFT last year, or just this past summer, they were um, talking about pectins and anthocyanin interactions or something. And um, so, and they were so they were talking. You know, there's interactions. There, um, you know, um, things are. Uh, um, you know, there there's certain there, there's certain kind of bonds are forming or a certain time of um, interactions and that result in a different type of phenomenon in certain food systems. But then, you know, one one prof just um, all of a sudden paused and asked the other one, saying, uh, "Wait a minute, what do you, how do you define interaction?" Mm. And so so like these type of very basic but yeah. um, kind of fundamental. Inter, um, questions or right, were and asked. I think it's also important for food science because you might be at a dairy conference, but food science is still broad enough where even within dairy, you have people working more on processing technologies, people mm-hmm. working more on micro or um, the biotech side of things, people who are culturing different cells and trying to understand. So even within dairy or within food science. You know, yeah. people can still c- come from pretty different backgrounds mm-hmm. that, um, you know, the the basis for dairy, let's say you're at a dairy conference, the basis of understanding about dairy might already be there, but there's still a lot of disciplines, people from different disciplines coming yeah. together. So I think that's the challenge as well, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, you're dealing with a lot of different people who might not who might speak the same language in, ter- in terms of dairy, but it that doesn't mean that it doesn't it doesn't hurt to check with them to make sure that you're on the yeah. same page. But mm-hmm. I think that also brings me to my next point, which is, what if you're just presenting to people in general in the the, the field of food science? So yeah, kind of at department seminars um, or at you know. At places where you're talking to a group of food science professionals, uh, but mm-hmm. they're not as specific as okay, the dairy people at the dairy conference. And, yes, um, yes. But it's so still, it could be, right. it could it could be you know a researcher presenting 
your your research topic to a group of product developers, for example. Yeah. People went、right. through food science education, but、uh, might be a step further from the lab, that a step further from a research lab than、uh, you are per se. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is actually a quite interesting group. Right. Because because it doesn't exist in many other fields. You don't for, think so? Like for example, if you're in chemistry, you're either talking to chemists or non-chemist. Right, but I feel like, oh, okay.、Mm, I don't think that's true. Okay. I don't think that's true though. Like if you're in chemistry, are you talking about an academia setting? Yes. Well, well, yeah. Well, no. Okay, I take it back. Yes, you can have this intermediate layer where people are literate in your field, but might not be very hands-on on what you do. Right. So someone who might get the general gist of what you do, but are not intimately familiar with、uh-huh. the very yeah. specific. Yeah. So,、right. so these. So the. I think this is what is difficult. Why is difficult to talk about this? Because the lines are all all blurred, right? Yeah. It's and especially this layer. Yes. So, so like people are in the field of food science. Yeah. What does that mean? Like a culinary a, a culinary science um or or、right. or, or, or a research chef could probably be counted in this field. Because I think some people okay that's the thing about defining food science again. So some people when they <laughs> think about food science. I think they're thinking about food science as sort of a major in college. So, food science people are people who are food science major graduates who go on to be most of the time food developers or people who work in QA. So, there that is one definition of food science for some people.、Mm-hmm. And for some people, it seems like food science is really research in food.、Um, so, and 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 sort of the R and D side of food. For a company, so involving people who are process engineers, packaging engineers, food developers, QA and safety, micro team,、um, operations, sort of people look at the food science space differently. So when we say food science, I think you know it's also confusing, right? Like yeah, who are we talking it about? It could be, and actually, you know, then. Do we count the technical salespeople? Do we count, you know, the、uh, in large corporations there are dedicated fundamental scientists who are might be in genomics, might be、right. in you, you know metabolomics, might have a、yeah. pure chemistry background, may have straight up engineering background. It's all these type of people who, well, let's just say that we're talking to food professionals. Right.、Uh, they they are、uh, familiar with some of the jargons like HACCP, for example,、mm-hmm. but they're not very.、Um, they're not in your field per se. You wouldn't right, consider right, right. them as,、um, I don't know, first order colleagues. They're like second order <laughs> colleagues. First order, second order, third order. <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're like second order colleagues. Two degrees removed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So、but、for so, those people, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's just understanding whatever people it may be. Understanding who you're presenting to is important. Sometimes you can't please everyone, right? Yes, that's exactly right. 
right? What if you have three business executives in your room who's more interested in trying to find out, um, you know, the econ- economic feasibility of this method you came up with? And then there's three R&D people who care more about the technical details, like... Mm-hmm. You no, know, there's just different people in the room. What can you do, right? Yeah. And sometimes if you have trying to cater to both sides in a limited amount of time is difficult. So I think like sometimes it's it's also a matter of if you set up this meeting, mm-hmm. you should probably only invite the person who is like it might be better to split it into two meetings. You know? Yeah, it's either that or you can. Um, there, there, there's got to be a sweet spot of how much information should be in that talk, and it will be helpful if your talk is set up to leading people to ask different questions. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, I feel if you were talking about a specific research subject or a research project that you did, the um. You, you know, there there might be researchers, might be product developers, might be process engineers, all in the same room. Um, but your talk needs to touch on, you need to at least feed everybody a little bit of their own food, per right. se. Um, they're, they're, so you need to... What they came here for. Yeah, you need a trait for each person right, or each right. group of people. But um, the technical details could be uh, eliminated to a certain degree that's just enough for the technical treat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also talk about uh, applications, talking about scaling up, and some of other limitations that would leverage some of the expertise in the room that could yeah. either help or even advance more with what mm-hmm. you have. Yeah, and that's that the is, other thing too, uh-huh. right? You don't want to worry too much. Oh, my God, I'm not including enough. There's always the chance for questions later. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good point of leave leave them hanging in the right places where people have a chance to ask you questions to get to know um, yeah. more about a specific topic. I'd say that's very um, yeah. that's a very smart thing is to manage your audience to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And the questions needs to be um, well. A, Questions could be wild cards always, right, but, um, right. but if you leave some, um, some room purposeful, for discussion, purposeful yeah. gaps in your presentation where people can try to get to know. Like, I don't yeah. think you want questions where someone is like, oh, I feel like the statistical power of your experiment is not high enough. Like, Yeah, these type of things are just... No, right. It, but it, if it's a question that can allow you to talk more about what you did do. Um, I think that's always valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is actually pretty difficult to, to, to manage. Right, um, right. Like an example would be, an example would be uh-huh. like, you know, I'm trying to do this derivatization and there's three, uh, three methods that are fairly popular um, but I chose method B, but you don't go into why, mm-hmm. or you just touch on it very briefly. I think you know it gives people a chance to follow up on it with you later, mm-hmm. like the technical people, yeah. etc. Like the jerks so. would just be like, why do you choose to be? I use A all the time. <laughs> okay, go on using A then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, yeah. I definitely interact with those people. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. 
yeah. and then those so those are more technical people and i think um, for food in particular we also deal with the general public probably mm. more than other disciplines you know my chemistry yeah. friends don't really get that many questions about what they do yeah Carbon nanotubes are not as popular as, yeah. you know, amino acids in soybean. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, general audience are, I don't know, it's very, it's still, it's a, even a larger distribution of knowledge. Right, um, right. And I think when you're talking to the general public, a lot of time is not that, a lot of times it's not just you talking to them. It's a lot of times it's people coming to you with questions. Yeah. So this and, isn't necessarily a presentation setting where right. you know, you're standing next to a projector. More of a communication. How yes. do you talk with people when they come up to you and ask things? Mm-hmm. And I think, I feel like a lot of times I am not equipped to answer people's questions necessarily because food is so broad, mm-hmm. right? So food is so broad and I think a lot of things are not... Um, in my area of expertise necessarily but people assume it is so i don't feel that i can answer their questions or a lot of times i get questions about nutritional values of food and we know that nutrition like the usda food pyramid you know it changed Mm -hmm. recently i think or maybe that was 10 years ago but the thing is (laughs) research on nutrition is always coming up with new things so in the past people were like don't eat butter um too much cholesterol or saturated fat or whatnot and people are eating mm-hmm. margarine and now we say that margarine is bad you should actually eat butter instead look at the french they eat butter and they live so long so right i think people come in um expecting you to know certain things but the thing is a lot of research is not yet we don't know. We still don't know a lot of things in regards to food. Yes, and um, and you know, people hate uncertainties. This is like in right. general about scientific scientific communication. Is people first they don't like um, uncertainties, and then they don't like percentages. They just want binary answers, yes or no, um, you know, etc. Like especially when it comes to food, it's even more judgmental because there are also the cultural layer and the preference layer. Um, and definitely health cautious. It's it, being health cautious is another important part of modern diet in the first world. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, so in terms of giving a presentation, um, I personally think you shouldn't talk about your method. <laughs> well yeah like people wouldn't care too much about your gc parameters as opposed to how much amino acids are in the soybean right right but you talk Uh, about presentation to the general public what sort of presentations are you thinking about i feel like i haven't seen that happen too much between food professionals and the public i feel like more more of the time is a two-way conversation than a Mm -hmm. one-way presentation with these people I guess I've seen it. Some of the uh, three minutes thesis uh, competitions. So you you have three minutes, one slide to talk about your overall research thesis, mm, right. uh, which is a great practice of how to present coherent and concisely. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that sometimes is open to public, 
And right. um, another case is to talk to uh, you know stakeholders of the university or um, like the state house uh, or or state senate. Right, have right. These if you're presenting to people, right, right, yeah, in the Congress or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you you you'd have to um, have these kind of chances to do an actual presentation. Presentation. Uh, well, maybe sometimes it's you know your there are a group of visitors to your department and you right. give a demo or some kind of talk. Yeah, and uh-huh. I think when you're presenting to people. In this context, I know that as a scientist, it's I always want to be very accurate and technical with what I'm saying. I want to be very exact, but、mm-hmm. I think sometimes it might be important to remember that when you're presenting to people who are not technical, sometimes you want to deliver things, and it, it, you have to do it in a way that is simplified. And sometimes when you simplify things. It is not a hundred percent accurate to what is actually going on,、mm-hmm. and that's true. Yeah, but、mm-hmm. it, it, but you still delivering that message is more important than dragging it out for ten minutes because you don't how you don't want to simplify it or you don't know how to simplify it without it being a hundred percent accurate. You know what I mean?、Mm, yeah. Like I talk to this, I talk about this with. Um, citations needed, which is this group on campus. Yeah. So we had this conversation, and I was saying that,、um, you know, when you were in fifth grade or sixth grade, and you learn about、um, electrons and protons and neutrons in an atom. Yeah. Right. I remember my teacher telling us that electrons orbit around the center of the nucleus, sort of like a solar system, right? Sort of like Jupiter or、um, orbiting around、um, the sun. Mm-hmm. And it, that's not completely accurate because we know that electrons are more like it's more a density of electrons at different spaces. There's like an electron density map,、mm-hmm. um, and it, they don't really orbit slowly the way solar systems do. But I think at that time for fifth graders, that was a really good analogy that my teacher used because we can visualize、yeah. it and understand it.、Mm. So that's what I mean when I say that I think sometimes necessarily. It's necessary to break down concepts into models that are not completely accurate, and be okay with that because you want them to get the general message more than you want a hundred percent scientific accuracy. That's true. So the overall message is more important than the sort of the nitty gritty details. Right. Right. And I think as a technical person, we want. The nitty gritty details to be a hundred percent clear、mm-hmm. when we're presenting because、yeah. I think that's a lot of scientists I work with. Our personalities are like that,、mm-hmm. but I think it might be necessarily it might be necessary to switch our minds. I can't pronounce yeah. necessary. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but that is another reason that、um, which is challenging for people who are technical、uh, in nature is that. You need to tune yourself to the audience. That because sometimes you know we can easily get into okay. This is a、um, why are you using this type of vial instead of using you know a different type of vial for for your GC analysis or the septum? Do you like precut them or you just leave it as is? And how much right, right. volatile retention that、septums. would have and、yeah. you know etc. etc. <laughs> 
you know that can go on and on, and you can have a lot of discussions that which are right. you know, intellectually pleasing to whoever those two or a group of people right, are talking, right. but yeah. it really means nothing to anybody to else. To other people, <laughs> right? Go going down that rabbit hole might be really、uh, satisfying for two、yeah. like very technical people who are in a niche field, but for everyone else, they're、yeah. just kind of like. Why am I here? What is going on? <laughs> exactly. How is、yeah. this important to me? I don't really、mm -hmm. care. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's what sometimes you just need to turn it off and、yeah. um, talking about the general stuff. And I've seen this actually at、um, University of Minnesota, the、yeah. um, the Apple Lab I used to work for,、uh, the PI of the lab. She gave a talk in、uh, I think it was Tomato. Uh, growth, you know, in general, and all that stuff. When,、mm -hmm. uh, and you know, she wasn't, you know, in retrospect, in retrospect, she wasn't talking quite、um, straight to the、um, general audience because that was like a signcom half day、uh, ceremony organized by CFANS. Right. So, so that, so that resulted in a lot of confusions on people. What. Type of, for example, she used that.、Um, she gave that example of you know a lot of,、um, a lot of tomatoes were not ripe when they were picked from、mm -hmm. from、uh, from from the vine, right? So they're so they are、um, green ripe, so they're so they're not expanding in size, but were still green when they got、yeah. picked, and then they were、um, stored in a huge. Um, you know, warehouse and flush with、uh, ethylene, which is the、right. growth hormone to, to um to to turn the green skin to red,、uh -huh. and that sounds terribly scary if you talk talking it to a group of you know parents, right? Or, or ethylene, feeding, what is yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, <gasps> was feeding、Chemicals. feeding their kids everyday sandwich with a, a slice、right. of tomato on top. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're like, "There's the, ethylene in my sandwich." Yeah, yeah.、Oh、and, but, but, but you know, for her as a plant scientist, and you know, all that climatic fruit and how people like fruits interact with ethylene and all that was、mm -hmm. second nature to her. Right. So right. she didn't think twice, right? She didn't think she twice about these things, and result in ton of questions about people asking her, "What is ethylene? Like, what does it do? And why right, is this、right. a, a part of our、um, diet?" Per se, because、yeah, it residual,、yeah. like, well, my kids get sick.、Mm -hmm. um, you know, really, that part could just be eliminated, and this wouldn't result much of a difference in the overall her message delivered. Right, right, yeah,、um, yeah. And I that's think, a really good point.、Uh, We don't think about this until it happens, right? Because yeah, it's yeah, hard yeah. to put ourselves in their shoes. But、uh -huh. like, if you, if I'm guessing that they spent a lot more time talking about the ethylene than anything else, and definitely you, sometimes you don't want that because that's not your message, and you know that is not harmful. But everyone is, they just latch onto that specific thing、mm -hmm. that you forgot to think about. Yeah, it was just,、yeah. you know, difficult conversation in the end. Right, right, right. Right. Uh huh. Right.、Yeah. So I think we have enough for this episode. We're trying、yeah. to reduce our time a little bit, not to get everybody bored.、Mm -hmm. Uh huh. But、um, we do probably can spit out another presentation episode talking about. I think we can. Yeah, talking about more on the format or the deliveries. For example,、yeah. talking about. 
do use a PowerPoint or use other fancier visualization tools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I can't. I think we can、uh, leave that for another episode. Yes. Yes.、Yeah. So,、um, well, you can find us、um, on various podcast platforms. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, we're on Anchor,、uh-huh. and、um, we're on Spotify. We're on Spotify. As well,、um, you can、um, contact us at、uh, fihpodcast at gmail dot com if you have any questions or future podcast suggestions. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until、um, next time. Till next time.